What's up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama's Day with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the Mommy Collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Welcome to Mama's Day, y'all. To all the mommies out there, much love, much love. We are getting into this 2022, and it already feels a little stressful, right? I also want to welcome all you daddies out there. This really is a valuable resource for anybody raising little humans, whatever gender you are. These are tips, tricks, and jewels in how to navigate the tricky waters because we all know, y'all, These kids test our gangster on a daily basis. (laughs) Well, last week's show was so incredible with Claudine Cooper at Fit With Three. She really is just a beacon of information. And she came to it all honestly. You cannot have testimony without being tested. It was so good. I had to do a part two. You know I'm good for a part two. This time, we tackled some other topics. So sit on down, get yourself some good tea, and let's get into it. a little background. I'm the first person in my family to graduate with a four-year college degree. And I didn't go right after high school. I had to work, you know, it's like, you know, when you come from humble beginnings, things just don't, doors don't just open like that. I didn't even know how to fill out a financial aid application. I didn't know anything about going to college, but I knew that maybe someday I would be able to say that I got a degree, that I got an education. So I was older when I went, but when I did finish, I went to work at a TV station in the local news department. I offered up a story that I felt was very inspirational and aspirational. And I was like, so new and so young and so, you know, kind of bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I'm like, there's this story about blah, 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 blah. I mean, I remember what it was, but we don't need to get into it on the podcast. But anyways, the executive producer was like, Claudine, if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead. And I was like, wait, what? I was so disturbed by that. I went home and I talked to my people because, you know, whenever I'm triggered, I always want to see, am I being crazy right now? Or is it me? Am I feeling some type of way? And I was like, is this nuts? If this is what everyone who is programming television believes, if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead, then why are we surprised at the levels of terror and anxiety and fear and worry and stress? Because all you're getting when you turn on the news is bloodshed and trauma accidents and fires. And of course, of course, you're going to feel anxious. And then guess what you need? You need medication. And guess who gets paid? Our parents and our grandparents were led to believe that the news is objective. It's ethical. It's truth. It's fact. 
And unfortunately, me working behind the scenes like that allowed me to see how it's put together and how people are being manipulated by the programming. And so I do my best, like you said, to really curate the content that I want to receive from books to social media accounts. I've never followed a, what do you want to call it? Like a Kim Kardashian or someone like that. I've never followed anybody like that because I don't see the benefit. It's not aspirational for me. I follow people who are light workers. I follow people who are healers. I follow people who are spiritual leaders. I really try to stay focused on my purpose in the world. And that helps me to continue to do the work I'm called to do without the noise. Yes. And you nailed it so many times in what you just said. A, if you are being fed on the narratives of negativity, death and destruction and scary, and that's all that you are sort of focused on. And if you're focused on that, you're emanating that negative death and destruction energy into the planet, right? Trust me, we don't need any more of that. It's, I always like to tell the example of the election in 2016. Because that was a turning point for all of us. I couldn't sleep for a week after. But it was, oh my God, I feel like we're stuck in this, oh my God, sort of zone. Now the, oh my God, feel, I guess it feels good. Oh my God, girl, did you see when, when that president would do something asinine, people would be on the phone, on Twitter, on Insta, oh my God, did you see the stupid, da, 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 da. All those oh my godings, though, still have the focus on that man and are still feeding the planet with energy for that man. Um, We used to have a little saying, all publicity is good publicity. And if you are getting impressions, if you're getting likes, if you're getting traffic to your whatever it is, if you're getting tagged, if you're getting hashtag, it's win. Exactly. You're contributing to the popularity of exactly the thing that is frustrating you, that you don't want to talk about, that you don't want to give energy to. Instead, you're allowing it to occupy space in your brain as well as you're allowing it to occupy space on your eternal timeline. So I'm very careful about my eternal timeline. Anybody will tell you I have subscribed to the rule of thumb of fancy dinner parties, which is you don't speak on religion and you don't speak on politics. Those two things have kept my my timeline pretty clear about what I want to say and what I want people to continue to focus on, which is wellness, which is health which is truth and authenticity and really just focusing on your own path in the world. Because the truth is all of us have a testimony. Tanika, you have a testimony. I know I have a testimony and all of us are different. And those testimonies are really what bind us together as humans. And I think that if we would just allow each other the space to speak our truth and give each other the respect that maybe I don't agree with you, but I'll listen. And if it really strikes me in the wrong place, first I'll ask myself why, and then I'll keep scrolling. (laughs) That's a really good point because that asking yourself why is pivotal. Because if that moment you're asking yourself why it triggers you, sometimes it's what you lack. 
simply it's something you lack. So there's an envy or jealousy or a trigger. Sometimes it's from a bad memory, whatever that is, definitely take that pause, ask yourself, evaluate why. And then you might go, oh, that's on me. That's on me. Okay. But we do takeaways here. I'm going to ask you for a couple takeaways before we get into how you are raising your minis in a world seemingly on fire. But I want to lighten that up for a second. Takeaways. Outside of me, who are three people that you like to follow that guarantee are going to be mood boosters for you? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, obviously my friends, right? So, you know, like you and everything, but accounts that I follow that I really love and I'm inspired by are a lot of spiritual accounts. So I follow Willie Moore Jr. I don't know if you know who Willie Moore is. He is so enlightened and he's so cool with it though. So I like him. I also follow, I think it's TD Jakes' daughter, Sarah Jakes Roberts. She's really good as well. And then there's this other woman who I follow who is to me like kind of a kind of a thought leader in her own way too. She's been on, oh God, now I'm gonna forget. So <laughs> because okay. I, I just got put on to her and somebody said, Claudine, I think you'll like her. God, what is her name? Anyways, okay. Marinate on that. And I want to make sure you're following because I just posted something from him the other day. And I was like, where, who is this guy? Jerry Flowers Jr. You love, love him. Love. It's like jerryflowers.jr. He's fantastic. And a lot of relationship stuff. And I know you're sort of a a sage when it comes to marriage and relationships because you You've been married for a billion years. So you understand that it's work and that it takes feeding into, right? So I do have a couple more people that I like. I like E.T., the hip hop preacher. I like Gary Vaynerchuk. I like people who are going to get on there, lightweight cuss you out, get you all the way (laughs) tight up and and motivate you at the same time and not necessarily always in the most sweet and caring, most coddling way, but definitely I like people who are straight, no chaser. And yeah, I have been married for almost 20 years. My husband and I have three kids together. So I'm ready to go into whatever you want to talk about as far as that. Okay. Babies. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, I realized it was easy when my daughter was in preschool, they can barely talk, you know, everything that she's being, that's being impressed upon her is from me. I can control it. I can go to the Mocha Moms to a park and it's all, it's all acceptable. But once they get older and they're in school and they're having all these kids whose parents might watch the news all day, whose parents may not agree with what I agree with, how do you protect your kids from losing track of their self and their self-love and their home training when we become not cool anymore and the most important people in their lives are their friends. Oh, baby, I haven't been cool with my kids for a long time. And, and the thing is, you know, I, I am thankful that I had three kids in five years because they're all kind of older now. So 
those moments that you're referring to. I have a great story about this. So, you know, we don't eat meat, my husband and I, he's a strict vegan. I'm a vegetarian. There's no fish. There's no chicken. There's nothing in our house. So my oldest daughter was four years old. She was going to pre-K and they had snack day every Friday. A parent brought snack. Mm -hmm. So snacks, I'm thinking snacks, you know, Cheez-Its, you know, fruit roll-ups, snacks, right? Sure. Okay, well, I pick up my daughter from pre-K and she goes in the car and says, Mom, so-and-so's mom brought turkey sandwiches. Oh. I was like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, And now keep in mind, I wasn't ready to send my kids. I did mostly homeschool, so they only went to a two-hour preschool. It was 10 a.m. to noon. It was kind of just acclimating them to what school might be like. And so when she said that, I lost my shit. I was like, turkey sandwich? Did you have it? And she could tell I was, because I never wanted to make a big lot of because the more of a big deal you make out of things, the more alluring it is for the kid. They're like, ooh, I'm not supposed to talk about this or I'm not supposed to say this. And that's the thing they want, right? So I never made a big fuss about it. So I told her, well, because you've never had any meat in your body, it's going to be hard for you to go poo-poo today. And so she was like, <laughs> she was like, I don't know, mom. Nobody else said that they have a hard time. You know, now she wants to argue, you know, because this is what it is, right? You because think? she knows more than you, obviously. <laughs> Duh. They all know more than you. So she's like, I don't know, mom, blah, 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 blah. So anyways, comes time for poo-poo time and she's crying. Like, it hurts. It hurts. And I said, that's that turkey sandwich. And she said, it was worth it. Oh, (laughs) that the Aquarian or the Cancer? That's the Aquarian. (laughs) That's like the last thing I thought she was going to say. That's that's hard. But that was a crash course in... Let me just let them decide if they want to be a plant-based eater, if they want to be a meat eater. Honest to God, Tanika, I don't care what anybody does with their own body. I've been doing this wellness work since I was a teenager. If I were a judgy kind of putting my shit on other people, I wouldn't have the kind of community that I have. No, you would not. Want you to do what works best for you. So if eating plants is good for you, great, eat plants. If eating plants is good for you for four weeks and then you decide you want to eat a big ass steak, that's your business. Who am I to who am I to tell you what works best for your body? I'm nobody. I can tell you what works best for my body. Mm-hmm. So I decided to employ that exact same technique with my children on every level. Like, okay, Claudine, this has worked for you, but you are a grown ass person who has lived a very long and full life. So therefore they have to make their own decisions based on what they do and don't do what works for their body and doesn't work. So here she is now about to be 17 and she's a vegetarian. She doesn't eat meat anymore. So, you know, this is the thing. And I never pressed it. And tomorrow she may wake up and say, let's get a chicken bowl from Chipotle. It's fine. No big deal. But what I'm saying is I allowed her the freedom to navigate that on her own. And that's what I kind of lean into with my kids is allowing them the freedom to do what feels right to them based on the information that they have. But but that's one thing that we know 
a thousand percent is if you make something off limits, your kid will do everything in their power to make sure they access it. A hundred percent. It's the same thing you were talking about your mom saying, remember when you put those short shorts, which by the way, y'all, she still wear them short shorts. She still be wearing them. She still, she don't care. Um, I was the same way with eyeliner, honey, please. I was going to wear my damn eyeliner at 12. It was going to happen. And then I was going to rub it off before I got home, but it was going to happen because it was like, my parents made it like it was the worst thing in the world. Same goes with sex. Same goes with, I mean, it's just across the board. You have kids at that place where they have crushes. You don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but what are those conversations? Are they, because my daughter is boy crazy at seven. Put 10 years on it. Put 10 years on it, Tanika. That's, that's what I'm saying. Are you approaching it the same way? Like, this is what I feel. Good luck. You know what the repercussions are. I first want to rewind a little bit and go back to what you were saying about whatever is forbidden is most attractive. I am the product of a post-civil rights movement love affair between a white woman and a black man. Their love was forbidden. And the fact that I'm even here as a like functional human being <laughs> is evident that the things that are forbidden are not always what they seem at the time. The programming back then was just keep the races separated and this and that. And then there was a bunch of brave young people who were like, fuck that. We're not doing that. And those brave young people really pissed off their parents with all of their activism and, you know, their they're seeing people for their humanity. What the fuck is this, right? How dare they? How dare they? And so sometimes I think about how passionate people are right now on divided sides of the line of all these different issues. And I sit back and I just shake my head and I smile and I say, you guys are so passionate right now, but in 20 years, this won't matter at all. And I think a lot about how I arrived here in the world and how it disrupted things. Just my, just my being alive was a disruption, you know? And so I try not to get too hyped up about anything. I really try myself, try to keep myself grounded in knowing that things can change. People's minds can change. People can feel passionately today about something and then kind of have an eye-opening moment tomorrow about another thing, you know? And I try to love that in some people because the passion can be off-putting at times. And so I really try to remember that there was a time when people advised my parents not to have children, that it would be too difficult on us. And, you know, my siblings and I, we're good. <laughs> we're good, good. So good. I love that the, the reasoning is because, oh, it's going to be hard on them. Well, how about y'all not be racist assholes and then those kids will be fine. How, how about you fix yourself? Like, it's the weirdest <laughs> thought process for me. But anyway, I'm not going to get hung up. But I've heard that that was literally the across the board. Well, because those kids are going to have a hard life. Not let's not be racist, but those poor kids, because we're going to still be racist and we're going to make their life hell. Like, it's weird. 
It's very weird. Again, just going back to your question about having teenagers and them exploring relationships and things like that. You know, I don't get too worked up about it. I have gorgeous daughters. You know, I'm biased, but they're gorgeous. I, I feel like you can't stop the train from moving. There's nothing you can do. Our parents maybe tried. You know, keep your eyeliner off your face, keep your mini skirt off your ass and you should be fine. Well, you know what? We're all going to explore this world of love and loss and life at our own pace and our own way. And being worked up about it ain't doing nothing but causing hypertension, high blood pressure, diabetes and all kinds of aneurysms and strokes. You letting that stress and worry sit inside of you about something you can't control when you could just be talking on the phone to your girlfriend, you know, going out for a workout, taking a hike. You know what I mean? Like you could be moving through these feelings and really focusing on being a better self. And that might help alleviate some of those concerns. Okay. So you, they know where you stand. Obviously it's not like, yeah, go have sex with a friend. No, obviously they know where you stand. And then from there, because you're, you know how you mothered them, you put it in their hands to make the right decision. Basically, they live in a home with their biological mother and their biological father. So that's something that I didn't have. And so if I give you this stellar foundation, some shit I wish I had, and you go out into the world, I mean, you're already winning. You're batting a thousand right off the top. Two parents who love you dearly, who got your back in any situation, whatever you explore, whatever you experiment with, you just call me, you just text me. I'm on the next thing smoking. I'm going to get you as soon as I can. That's my dad for me. I'm so thankful. My father, you know, although he was incarcerated, when he came home, he, he got me, he took me, he made sure that he and I stayed very closely bonded. Even while he was locked up, we wrote letters to each other. I went up there to see him all the time. So we were close. So when he came out, we were stuffed like glue. So if anything popped off, like that was the age where I was, I was out at house parties and things like that. I would page him on the beeper and my dad would be, I'm talking about, there was one time and I always, you know, me and him, we always laugh about this. There was one time that the party that he dropped me off at got shot up. I run to the payphone at the corner store, which is like a seven. It wasn't a seven 11 back then, but anyways, whatever I run to the because I'm going to use the payphone because I'm going to call him. So I'm about to get on the payphone to call him. My dad swoops around the corner to pick me up. I still to this day say, Daddy, how'd you even know? He said, we, he said, we keep our ear to the streets in this family, okay? So I don't know if he knew the party got shot up. I don't know if he was just on precautionary measure or I don't know if it was just God working a miracle that day. But the fact that my dad always came to my rescue was something that I always wanted to give to my kids. I wanted them to know that unconditional love looks like this. I'm here for you, baby. I'm here for you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to pick you up if you need a ride. I'm here to get you home safely back to the house where you have a mother and a father. Ooh, that's powerful. They know. So one night, me and my husband, were in the bed. He goes to bed at about eight o'clock at night. So I'm in the bed a little bit later than him, but she, my girls all know that I, I actually don't go to bed till later. So I might be just laying there just to cuddle with my husband. So I'm laying there. My daughter runs in the room like, mom, we got to go pick up my friend. 
I apply this, I'll pick you up, no judgment policy to my kids, but I don't extend it to every child. Let's just be clear, okay? So I said, what do you mean? She said her mom just punched her and we need to go basically save her from her mom. So I'm up out of the bed and I get out the bed and I say, listen, baby, if the mama punched the child that she carried in her womb, you think she won't punch me? I'm not going to fight nobody's mama tonight. I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to text her. I want you to call her. And I want you to tell her to call either her grandmother, her auntie, a neighbor, someone she trusts and let them know what happened. That's what she did. The grandmother came and picked the girl up. You about to have me in these streets fight? I am 40 something years old. Girl, I cannot go to jail tonight. Okay. I've come a long way, honey. <laughs> She's probably told all her friends, my mama's a superhero. She will save all of us. Okay. Let me break that down. And you kind of are to your community anyways. That's who you are. And your kids are watching. Your daughter, when you had your Thanksgiving workout, she was there helping her mom out. She sees your impression on the community. She honors you so much, whether she says it or not. That's something that's so beautiful. What I learned as a kid was that the most effective mothering isn't in what you say sometimes. It's it's how you operate your life. We gotta be authentic with our words. We have to be truthful with our kids. And I'm a full proponent of apologizing to your children. Yeah? Oh yeah, for sure. And and honestly, not apologizing comes from an ego. You're not willing to say, hey, I don't have this whole thing figured out. I'm testing out these these theories on you and I may mess it up now and then, you know, and mess it up. I want you to be able to come to me and tell me that I messed it up instead of 25 years from now, you're suffering from trauma and you're doing things that are trauma responses. But I call myself a conscious parent. Do you relate to that title at all? Absolutely. I love Dr. Shafali Sabari. She's another one. I guess that would be one since I forgot the other lady's name. That would <laughs> I really lean into and I really like what she has to say. Yeah, definitely consciously parenting, not always hitting the mark. Some of the things Dr. Sabari says, I'd be like, I don't know, girl. I don't know, child. That's a little much. That's a little out there. But but let me tell you, because I, I know her personally, she is like us. She's like my daughter, the rage my daughter has created in my throat, <laughs> in my soul. Like she has been there and she had to raise a daughter who basically told her, her daughter said to her, you don't know what you're talking about, like all the time. Oh yeah. So you can even be Dr. Shafali and have a daughter's like, whatever. So none of us are exempt from being played by our children <laughs> who, who literally think they're just a better version of you and you ain't shit, right? Okay, but, but, but some of the things Dr. Shafali talks about is the evolution of thought and allowing yourself to know that you don't know everything and that your child is, you know, maybe not a better version of you, but in an awakened state in their youth and in their innocence in such a way that they haven't had the experiences that cause these kinds of responses in us, right? So I do believe maybe that they're not just like, the quote unquote better version of us, but I definitely feel like they are the teachers. And I know she says that a lot. They are, they are our teachers. 
my favorite thing that she ever said to me. I was like, okay, I really was dead serious too. I'm like, so Dr. Shafali says off camera. I was like, so what do I do when my daughter's an asshole? She goes, well, you don't be an asshole and she won't be an asshole. (laughs) I've never had my face handed to me like that before. I was like, oh yeah, that part, that part. (laughs) Don't be an asshole. Okay. Don't be an asshole. But I'm very clear that my child is God's child. And I feel so blessed that God has trusted me with this little magical elf (laughs) that she is. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but once you come from that perspective, then it's like, she's a person that deserves respect as much as I do. She's a person that deserves, even when she's popping off sometimes, I, as the adult, and I, I feel flames, I have to go, okay, what is this really about? Mm-hmm. Do, you need, do you need a hug? Let's sit and talk about this. Instead of it ramping and ramping and ramp, because it could blow. I'm sure we've all been there. It could blow if, if the adult in the situation doesn't moonwalk backwards and go, all right, because we're just getting, we're getting hotter and hotter up in here. So what is this about? And maybe you don't have the ability to break down what your needs and wants are right now. And that this is taking the place of that. Or maybe the adult needs to be an adult instead of reverting to whoever their lowest self is. Mm -hmm. And I'm really talking to myself because I had a moment maybe about a week ago where I was like, what are you doing? Ah, You know, and I think it is important to recognize that you are in charge of your reaction. And that translates into relationships, marriages, work. It's on everything. Your reaction is really up to you. How you exercise discipline when you're feeling disrespected, disobeyed. You know, I mean, this is the thing. Do you really want a child? who's obedient, obedient to the world, obedient to their raggedy ass friends, obedient to some gnarly boss in the future. You want a real obedient type person? Like, I don't know. I mean, you're a hundred percent right. I've created or nurtured this child to speak her truth, to love herself, to be all these things unapologetically. And then I'm like, oh, but I got to mother her at the same time. Oh, geez, it's a lot. I don't necessarily consider myself any type of parenting expert or marriage expert because I am still learning on the job in all of those areas. I'm always trying to expand my consciousness. I'm always trying to think about things in a deeper way, open my mind and continue to have a growth mindset. And I know that's something you and I really have in common. So oftentimes when we do talk on the phone or when we do see each other and we're having these conversations, it's not not so much like, oh, Claudine, what should I do? It's more like, oh, Claudine, have you been here? Yes, I've been here. And this is kind of how I managed it. But it's your it's your parenting gig. You're going to manage it your way. And I think that's the approach I take to my work. That's the approach I take to my marriage and my friendships is that my way isn't the right way. My way is just what has worked for me. And maybe it hasn't worked. We'll see when my kids are good and grown. <laughs> but it is about, it is, a, that's what's so great about Mocha Moms, where I met you. It is about taking a sample. 
right? That's what's so great is you feel safe to go, now, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? And then put them all together, see what sticks and formulate your own way based on where you live, who your kids are, personalities, all of that stuff, signs, all of it. So (laughs) I'm just so, I, I thank you just for being a voice that I can, I can lean on with all the voices, like the tangies and the people in my life that I'm like, I couldn't do this without you guys. So I'm, thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. And I love your other podcasts. I did listen to the one with you and Tangie. Of course, you guys are a delight to be around. So anyways, thanks, girl. I got to go pick these kids up from school. You know, time's a ticking at 245. Let's go get them kids. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah and mama stay.